if you're going about a new year's resolution um trying to make yourself somebody that you're not uh that's really unhealthy um i am always focused on people's relationships with themselves uh that's the the number one relationship that we will always have and so setting a new year's resolution to change yourself into an ideal uh rather than a realistic view of who you are is damaging to that relationship so um if you can set a new year's resolution that works with who you already are and accepting who you already are because a lot of the um resolutions come out of like a sense of disgust or um disdain or intolerance like i don't like the way i am currently and so i need to change that's never a good jump off point first of all to maintain success but second of all to it really is disruptive to our relationships with ourselves Happy holidays and happy early new year to everyone listening here. We're so glad that you've been listening for now over a year. Capital Integrative Health podcast has been um been out to all of our guests that have been on over the past over a year now. Some repeat, you know, as well, whether they're members at CIH or whether they're special guests that are local or national. We really had an amazing lineup and we can want to continue to do that and offer that service to the community for education and empowerment on really how to redefine what it means to be healthy, understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness, which is really the point of this whole podcast here at Capital Integrative Health. So, let's talk today since it's going to be New Year's in about a week or so about New Year's resolutions. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this if that kind of triggers you to kind of uh, all the memories of the failed new year's resolutions you've had before and it's very possible that you know you may not want to have new year's resolutions if so this is the podcast for you as well because Dr. Dan Gilman who's our amazing psychologist here at CIH that's been working with our practice from the beginning is going to be talking about new year's resolutions but also alternatives to setting you know different type of goals different types of mindset shifts that um that were really interesting to kind of hear about that I didn't know about Uh, Dr. Gilman, Dr. Dan, she specializes in the treatment of conditions including for chronic pain, chronic illness, and also difficulty adjusting to life changes and relationship stress. But if you are in that kind of group of people that wants to make a new resolution, how do you make a change that lasts? How do you make a change that lasts past February, past March? So, Dr. Gilman is going to talk about today also what you can do to set effective new resolutions that will stick and help you to become the version of yourself that you've always envisioned whether it's this year or previous years. So, we hope this conversation inspires you to set yourself up for success and reach your health goals in the new year. Again, happy holidays and from all of us at CIH and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Diane. Great to see you again. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. So we had Diane on our podcast last year for episode number 17 how to handle stress and burnout during the pandemic and if you haven't listened already it's a great conversation full of tips for setting boundaries and self-care so definitely check that out um so glad to have you back for round 2 and um let's talk about your uh travel for a sec we know that you <laughs> you're a world traveler jet setter here I try uh, to be yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> How how's that been going? What what have you been up to lately? Oh, good. So, I've actually been really privileged since COVID ended. Um, I got to spend 3 weeks in Central America in Guatemala and El Salvador and Panama learning about indigenous healing ceremonies, um, which was really beautiful. It's awesome. so neat to learn about, you know, how people heal around the world. 
Um, and then I just actually got back this week from the Arctic Circle in Norway, watching the aurora and the whales and the reindeer. And yeah, we got to meet with indigenous uh, cultures there too. So it's nice, really neat. nice. Did you see Santa Claus there at all? No, he didn't make an appearance. I think it's too all early right. for him. It is, it is. He's just still up at the North Pole. <laughs> anyway, um, we are about the time of, you know, going into New Year very soon. So the topic today is talking about New Year's resolutions. And at this time of year, many of us are setting our sights on the New Year with hopes and for, you know, changing our habits or establishing new goals that we kind of want to achieve and things like that. So as a psychologist, first of all, what do you think about New Year's resolutions? Uh, you know, I think they're really a touchy subject for people. Um, I think that a lot of people get trapped really, really easy, that the spirit of making New Year's intention is really beautiful. And then I think logistically, people have a really hard time following through. Um, and by the spring, it gets a little bit uh, dicey for people to keep them going. It literally looks good on paper, but then it kind of disintegrates over time. Is that exactly. kind of what's happening? Yeah, exactly. What mistakes do you typically see people making when they set those resolutions in general? Yeah, so quite a few that we can go over today because I, I think this is really going to help people who really are listening and do want to set these intentions and follow through. Um, so the first one that I see most often is people are setting resolutions and goals that are idealistic, not realistic. So we all kind of have these ideals, you know, I want to get in shape or I want to drink, you know, blank ounces of water a day. I want to lose this much weight. I want to, you know, visit 27 countries this year, if you're like me, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Um, the truth is, is that you have to think about the person you're setting the intention for, which is yourself. So if you are a person who, let's say you set an intention to drink, you know, 70 ounces of water a day, but if you're a person that doesn't like to drink water and you most often drink soda or an alcoholic beverage, or maybe, um, you don't like to drink water when it's cold outside, et cetera, you might go out and buy all the water bottles to support this intention and maybe like some cool drops to make the water be flavored. But at the end of the day, you're not a person who likes to drink water. So this is not a good intention for you. Realistically speaking, it might be helpful then to say, you know, I'd like to drink more water um, and see how that goes instead. So a lot of times people are making these resolutions for just not themselves, um, some sort of idealized version of themselves, which is really um, an uncompassionate way to go about um, trying to set your path forward in the new year. So that's the first one that I see quite often. Um, another one that I see is the the goals aren't really like personalized towards them. So like say drinking water again, um, it might be like, I only like water that's flavored. So why don't I try drinking more flavored water? Or I only like going to the gym, you know, on certain days of the week. So let's let, let's not set it for every single day. I don't like to wake up early in the morning. So let's maybe not sleep in just on the weekends, let's say. Um, so again, really thinking about the person yourself that you're setting the goal for. Um, wow. Another one is I see this quite a bit is people have the same resolutions every year. So every year they're like, this is the year that I'm going to fill in the blank. This is the year that I'm going to lose all the weight. This is the year that I'm going to buy the house. This is the year that I'm going to get a boyfriend, whatever it is. And it's like, you know, Einstein has this beautiful quote, which is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And 
you know, we just have to take into consideration if this goal has not worked for us once, we should not be setting the same goal. It just leads to a lot of frustration. It leads to lower self-confidence. It leads to a reduced relationship with ourselves. Um, and people really struggle with this one. So a lot of times when they come to me and talk about this, they also don't want to change the goal. They really want to stick to it. They're like, no, this is the year. And they really want to believe it. And so I really have to try and get them to um, adjust the goal to be a little more personalized in that regard. So Jane, um, I think you're saying I shouldn't uh, set a goal of being drafted by the National Basketball Association every year, right? Yeah, okay. maybe not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe All a right. neighborhood league to start. <laughs> that sounds good. I'll take it. Um, yes. Another one is um, they make too ambitious of a change. So they might say weight loss. I see this a lot. They want to lose 50 pounds. They want to be the size that they were in high school, let's say. Um, and the truth is, you know, it would be easier and much more realistic and much more compassionate to set a goal. Maybe I'd like to lose five pounds and not on a timeline, just whenever I lose those five pounds is when I lose those five pounds. Um, and instead of the 50, um, the the ambitious goals really do tend to lead to a lack of motivation. Consequently, um, it's sort of like the more ambitious the goal, the less the motivation is for people. Um, it gets too overwhelming for people. They feel too far away from the goal. It feels like too much of a mountain to kind of climb. And uh, they wind up feeling more overwhelmed and uh, more sedentary than usual. So that one gets abandoned pretty quick as well, I found. Um, Another one is, I always find this interesting, you know, the using the new year as this sort of external source of motivation versus an internal source. If you ask the average person, you know, do you want to make X change at any given point in the year, they might say, eh, maybe, but a new year's for whatever reason, they're like, this is the time. And, you know, the truth is we don't change uh, as well when we have an external as a motivator. We really need to be internally motivated in order to successfully keep um, and maintain a change. And so New Year's is a great example of an external motivator, um, but it doesn't last. The New Year fades really, really quickly. We're very quickly into like the slog of like January, February, March, and it, it fades. And so we really need to make sure that we are internally motivated in order to keep the change. And very often, you know, New Year's is is not enough of an external motivator. We really have to check in with ourselves and see, is this something that I want to make a change with? Um, the next thing is just kind of an obvious one that people tend to forget, which is that coming off the holiday season is not the greatest time to make the changes that we tend to make. It's it's usually something about exercise or weight loss or health habits. But if you're the average person, you've just come from a ton of like holiday eating and kind of like this sedentary, you know, we're lazing around because we've all had time off and um, we all kind of feel gross. You know, we're out of our routines, we're out of our biorhythms. And so saying, I'm going to jump into going to the gym every day, or I'm going to jump into losing all this weight is maybe not the best time to make that uh, make that change. We've already got sort of an uphill battle just to get back to our normal sort of biorhythms, our normal sort of habits, our normal weights. Um, and so um, I always find this one funny when people say like, ugh, I gained so much weight over the holidays. So for the new year, I'm going to lose X amount of weight. Well, that's a pretty tough, you've already got some way to go here. 
Um, So people kind of fail to consider that one too. Um, And then the last one really is uh, people forget to, uh, as a mistake, to celebrate the, the progress along the way. People get very, very focused on the the consequence, the uh, the end point, and they don't uh, celebrate the steps along the way, so they lose their motivation. So this is a, a really good example of why by like March or April, they're kind of off the wagon. Um, when I do the getting unstuck program with weight loss, I see this a lot where people say they want to lose 20 pounds, um, and then they come to me and they say, well, I've lost two, and it's not enough. And it's like, well, if you don't celebrate those two and you don't feel motivated, you're still measuring up against what you haven't hit so far. Um, And it just never feels good enough. And so people kind of feel like they're not doing well. They're not doing good enough. They're failing. They're behind. Um, And so they forget to kind of celebrate those wins. They forget that they're actually on a path. It's just maybe a slower path um, or a small baby step sort of path. Great. Well, that's a great overview of uh, some things that people might be wanting to do differently in making their news resolutions. I just wanted to kind of start real um, broad uh, for a sec um, after you kind of talking about this. Um, should Are there some people that potentially um, maybe shouldn't t- make New Year's resolutions? Or, you know, or, do you recommend that people always make New Year's resolutions? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say like some people, but I would look at kind of where they are in their life. Um, The truth is, is that New Year's resolutions are based on change. And if you're a person that has trouble with change historically, um, you set goals and you don't achieve them, you say you're going to do something and, and you don't, you tend to procrastinate. It might be, or you're just afraid of change for whatever reason, you have trouble with it. Um, it might not be wise to set a New Year's resolution. It might not be kind. Um, it might not yeah. be considering, again, who you really are. Yeah. Um, if you're a person that really likes to like, you know, the challenge of, you know, transformation, if you really um, like are inspired by goal setting, it might be right in line with with your personality and, and where you are. Um, yeah. So for people who say that they want to do a New Year's resolution, but have trouble with change, it might be helpful to look at why do I have so much trouble with change before you go ahead and make a goal like a New Year's resolution. It sounds like listening to intuition, really listening deeply to yourself to to see if that's appropriate. So let's say now your listener, we're, you know, listening to this podcast and um, someone's like, yeah, it's going to be New Year's soon. I want to make a New Year's resolution. How do you help your clients to form effective New Year's resolutions? Yeah, good question. Um, So first of all, I would ask them why. Anytime anyone sets a goal, at least in my practice, I ask why. The why is incredibly important here. If the why is because it's New Year's or because I'm tired of being this way or because, you know, all my friends are in a group and we're all going to do this fill in the blank challenge, um, it might not be the best why. If the why is I really want to feel better, if the why is, um, you know, I'm really excited about trying something new, you might be more prone to then succeed with that resolution. So thinking of those internal versus external motivators, essentially, yes. Always about the internals. That's where all the answers lie, in my opinion. So that's interesting. You said doing things in a group. Do you think that for some people, the friendship and the camaraderie of doing something together is an internal motivation? Or do you feel like that is always external there? 
Yeah. So that's actually, this is a good example of an external motivator that does work. Um, accountability. Okay. So anybody who's tried to make a change knows accountability is kind of what keeps us on track when we want to give up. Um, right. So the more accountable people can be, but the, the catch here is um, you also have to be honest. <laughs> so if you haven't done the, what you said you were going to do that day, it has to be a group um, that can sort of hold space for, I actually didn't do what I said I was going to do. And then they can kind of rally and help motivate you again. Um, I have found that a lot of people in groups tend to like lie or slack off or just drop out because they have trouble feeling like they either can be honest or that it's a space where they can be honest. And so the accountability then doesn't work for them. Yeah. So it's gotta be a, a group that with quality accountability that mm -hmm. will tell them honestly what's happening. Yeah. Um, what are some other steps that you recommend for, uh, listeners here to kind of keep up with their resolutions? So first of all, I would make it measurable. Um, the more we can see it visibly, the better off. Um, so I always encourage people have charts, have check systems, have um, you know things that you can check off. There are plenty of apps for this. Um, put it someplace visual, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your fridge. Um, tell other people so that you are a little more accountable um, and then make it measurable. So you know, let's say it is weight loss. Every pound is, you know, I lost a pound. This is great. Check. Um, every day you've been to the gym, check. Every glass of water you've done, check. Um, so that's the first one. Uh, the second one would be baby steps. A lot of people feel, oh my gosh, when I slow people down on their goals, they really get frustrated. They want the big goals. They want the big change. But the truth is, it's like that um, that fable like of the tortoise and the hare the the tortoise is the one that wins and so you know when we're dealing with something like in the getting unstuck program weight loss anyone i've worked with who's done that program is like we go so slow i might lose a pound every other week <laughs> and the truth is that that's what that's what is stable that's what helps maintain so pick a goal that is um has baby steps break it down into manageable steps that feel good for you so for example if it is let's say i'd like to do yoga every day and you haven't done yoga every day in the past, <laughs> maybe start with what is a type of yoga that I like? Maybe start there all the way back to basics, not even an actionable step. What's a type of yoga that I like? Maybe make sure you invest in some equipment so you don't hurt yourself, get some blocks, get some straps, get some mats, um, and then figure out, okay, what days does it work best in my schedule to do yoga? What time of day works best to do yoga? And then maybe start with one day and see how that feels and then go forward. So people get really itchy. They they don't want to take it that slow. They really want to change really quickly. But the truth is, like the tortoise, that's the one that gets the long-term sort of maintenance, which is when we're setting any goal, maintenance is what we're really looking at. Um, also, you know, make it work in your life. A lot of people, you know, they think goals to be successful need time or money. And those are things that people are generally short on sometimes. And so um, if you commit to, I'm going to take this expensive gym class, or I'm going to, you know, meditate for an hour every day, but you're a person who tends to be busy, or maybe money is a little bit, um, you know, tough. That's not the best goal for you. Um, mm -hmm. Goals don't have to be, and change doesn't have to be uh, requiring time and money. It can really be um, just very, very simple. It can be just five minutes of meditation counts as meditation every day. A couple of deep breaths counts as relaxation every day. Um, some stretches can count as yoga every day. You don't have to go to like a fancy 
studio. Um, and then uh, the last one is really uh, one of my favorite ones, which is um, a sankalpa, setting a sankalpa rather than a, a New Year's resolution. So um, a sankalpa, from my understanding, it, it's uh, it's actually from Sanskrit. Okay. Um, and it uh, is basically bringing out more of what we already have. So enhancing more of what we already have. And it's not as quantifiable as a New Year's resolution or a goal is. So an example of a sankalpa would be, I'd like to have better health, or I'd like to have a better relationship with myself. Um, I personally have set sankalpas instead of resolutions for the last, I think this will be my seventh year. Um, and it's been really amazing watching that guide. Um, some examples of past ones that I've done have been grace or trust or connect um, or power. And so uh, it just enhances more of what we already have. And then there's no chance that we're failing in the same oh, way. Interesting. Um, it really helps uh, foster a good relationship with ourselves rather than a New Year's resolution that's sort of timed with, you know, as the months go on, am I not doing it? Am I doing it? Am I slacking off? Um, and it's a lot more compassionate of a way to kind of set a, a marker of change. It's also loose. Um, you know, grace is unquantifiable. And yeah. so you can still do your checks. Like today, was I graceful? Yes. Check. But it's also not like I have to work out for 30 minutes every single day. You know, there's no, it's not the same setup and there's not the same pressure. So it's really a, almost a different worldview in a way of, of how, how someone views life and their goals or, you know, their, their uh, motivations and focus. Right. Yeah. It's and also not... certainly a different internal worldview, right? Because yeah. we're looking at a quality of ourselves that we'd like to enhance. So yeah. uh, instead of like, I'm a mean or judgmental person, then I'd like to stop that. It's like, I'd like to be more kind. It's enhancing what we already Okay. Have. So having, right, something that's coming from the innate capabilities of ourselves, it, it's coming from, it sounds like a, a, um, a mindset of abundance versus deficiency. Is that that's is a that, nice way to say that? Accurate? Yeah. Okay. Channel some uh, Brene Brown here on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to say that. Um, so, so let's actually dig into that for a second. Um, dig into that rabbit hole. Do you feel like people? I mean, and again, this this might be a rabbit hole, but do you feel like sankalpas are healthier mentally, emotionally for us, or do you feel like sometimes resolutions could be helpful for people? I think both, honestly. Okay. Um, okay. I think that uh, one's not necessarily healthier than the other, but if you're going about a New Year's resolution, um, trying to make yourself somebody that you're not, uh, that's really yeah. unhealthy. Um, I am always focused on people's relationships with themselves. Uh, that's the, the number one relationship that we will always have. Yeah. And so setting a New Year's resolution to change yourself into an ideal uh, rather than a realistic view of who you are is damaging to that relationship. So mm -hmm. Um, if you can set a New Year's resolution that works with who you already are and accepting who you already are, because a lot of the um, resolutions come out of like a sense of disgust or um, disdain or intolerance, like I don't like the way I am currently and so I need to change. That's never a good jump off point, first of all, to maintain success. But second of all, to it really is disruptive to our relationships with ourselves. So in that sense, having a positive resolution uh, like a positive uh, resolution setting process. And also the sankalpa would be healthier there. This is kind of reminding me of a traditional Chinese medicine and, and the five elements, which is this idea mm. of, or in Ayurveda, I think there's the doshas, right? There's yeah. this idea of there's 
some elements that you have and it's like part of you and you're kind of embodying that and just to strengthen that, you know, mm -hmm. and to exactly. honor that, you know, mm -hmm. that's so great. Um, well, getting to back to that resolution question, I think a lot of people have a laundry list of resolutions that they want to achieve, you know, in a very short amount of time, like you said, yeah. um, how many resolutions is too many for people? Very simple answer for me. Anything more than one. Okay. Okay. Um, truly, I think we have a hard enough time with one. Um, and uh, if we are really trying to change, it does require a good deal of our focus and mm -hmm. our intention. And so, um, you know, it, it's really hard to manage. It's almost like that image of like a waiter carrying a bunch of plates on a tray. Like eventually it crashes when you put too much on. I always um, wonder how they balance that actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just so hard. <laughs> Got to yeah. get an extra tip for that. I would say for sure. <laughs> um, and, and also I wonder if there's also this idea of multitasking that goes along with multiple resolutions. Like, can you really multitask? Is that really what's happening or is that yeah. just a myth, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can, but the answer is not always effectively, right? I mean, and again, here we're talking about change. If you, if in order to change, it needs to be effective. And so um, we can't take on too many things at once before we lose the effectiveness. What do you think about seasonal resolutions where it's like once a quarter and you focus on one thing in a quarter, you kind of switch that based on the season and how you're evolving, how that person's evolving? I think that's a great idea. I mean, the the truth is a year is a really long time. Yeah. Why did, why does it have to be, why does that have to be one thing for the whole year? Right. We can yeah. Around. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, I mean, if you look at the data here, it, it speaks to that. The amount of people who continually have are, you know, are working with and successfully in their resolutions by December, it falls to like, I don't even know the percentage, but it's, it's, it's extremely low. Um, the amount of people who are in them in January is extremely high. It's just, we are not necessarily meant to have these year long goals Those are really big goals. Now, if we were going to add on them, right, I'd like to lose a pound and then I'd like to lose another pound. I'd like to do yoga once a day. I'd like to do it two days a week. It, that might be a little better for maintenance, but the seasonal one uh, is in my opinion, better because it's a shorter term goal. And um, ideally, if you were going to do something with the seasons, it might be, um, you know, uh, dictated by whatever the season is. So yeah. you know, in the summer, yeah. I'd like to get outdoors more if you live in a climate where, you know, it's better outdoors. In the winter, I'd like to really work with the lower light and make sure that I get to sleep on time, et cetera. I suppose if you live at the beach, the uh, quarterly goal might be the same every day to go out to the beach. Yeah, that would be beautiful. <laughs> um, why do people, Diane, why do people tend to fail when pursuing their resolutions? I think you kind of mentioned some of that before. Yeah, I mean, mostly the top ones I, I've covered, but I would just reiterate, you know, it, it's taking off uh, like too big of a thing to chew, um, too big of a bite. Um, it is making a goal that really is an ideal uh, versus considerate of yourself. Um, and it's making it too big. Um, so it, it's, it's too much of a, a goal to achieve. And then there's sort of like no celebration of the progress of up until then. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, they've said they want to organize their whole house and they got two rooms done, but it doesn't matter because the, the rest of the house is still messy kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's so true. And I, I love how you said that people don't take time to celebrate what they've already kind of gone through on their journey and and they're just looking to the next thing. I think that's as yeah. 
one of the things that's, um, you know, happens a lot. Uh, what do you recommend if someone's getting to like April or May or something um, and they realize they've fallen off track? How do people get back on track with the resolutions if they want to continue pursuing that? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is maybe don't get back on track. I mean, if you've fallen back on track, there's a good sign it wasn't the right goal for you to begin with. Yeah. Um, or maybe get back on the same goal, but don't do it the same way, you know? So don't go back to the same gym or don't eat the same foods or don't, you know, use the same home organization service. Uh, you might need to change it up. Again, people don't love change and they don't love uh, the idea that they have to like edit things out. So we just tend to do the same things over and over and over again and expect the same results. So, or different mm -hmm. results. So um yeah, I would say first step would be evaluate, was this the goal for you? Second step, why did you fall off? And try to do that very non-judgmentally, very objectively, because the more objective we look at this, the better we're going to be able to problem solve how to get back on. A lot of people will take this step with a lot of judgment, with a lot of criticism, with a lot of blame, and there goes our relationship with ourselves again. Um, we really need to be objective here so that we can support ourselves if it's the goal that's right for us. Um, and also, you know, I say this all the time. So if any of my clients are listening, they're probably so tired of me saying this, but like, we're all human beings, right? So we're all like flawed and we're all like beautiful and we're all like, you know, we all fall off the wagon. We all try to get back on. Sometimes we don't again, you know, we all have a spectrum of emotions. That's really, really healthy for us. We get depressed, we get anxious, we get angry. All of that stuff kicks us out of the flow sometimes. And so, you know, we just have to be graceful with ourselves and say that was kind of a human moment. And can I, how can I let myself back on so yeah. that I can continue on with my goal? I, I think this image of falling off the wagon, which I use a lot as well. I wonder who came up with that. You know, is it like going to the Oregon no, Trail yeah. or something? You know, the, the <laughs> wagons. <laughs> um, I almost think goals are like um, this funny image came to this, my head of a, an electronic riding bull. You know, like you go into the saloon and you have this bull and then it's like impossible to stay on yeah. it. And it throws people off, you know, and I feel like sometimes we just try to keep on riding that bull and it throws us off and. It's like we keep on trying the same thing, the same goal and yeah. the same intensity level without changing things. I think it goes back to what you said about, you know, Einstein's insanity of trying the same thing over and over, expecting the same yeah. results. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe we do need to change that goal or even have a sankalpa, it sounds like. Maybe, yeah. Depending. Or just even basically ask yourself, like, do you actually want to change? And really, really honestly try and hear that answer. Because the truth is, sometimes the answer is no. Like one of my most favorite stories comes out of that getting unstuck program where I was with a woman who wanted to lose weight and she tried her whole life to lose weight. She was in her sixties since she was a little kid, she had been dieting and we got to the third and final session because it's three sessions. And she looked at me and she said, you know what? I don't think I want to lose weight. I That's think awesome. I'm fine. And I was like, yeah. this is amazing. Then yeah. like your work here is done. And so sometimes we just, you know, do you even want to change to begin with? Are you doing it because it's the zeitgeist of the time? Yeah. Everybody's focused on change. You know, we tend to take things in year quantities. 2022 was this. And so we want 2023 to be this. Um, maybe you don't want to change and maybe that's perfectly okay. I love that. Thank you so much for that affirmation. Um, <laughs> uh, if there was one resolution that you thought most people could benefit from, what what do you think that would be? Ooh. Um, always save the best for last, you know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, that's a tricky one. Cause it's very hard to, 
to say like what people will stick to and what they won't. Um, I would say maybe more awareness. Um, oh, it sounds like a kind of a loose and very like undirected goal, but um, awareness is the key to change. We cannot change that, which we cannot see. Um, so anything that fosters awareness, whether it is, um, you know, just self-reflection, whether it could be meditation, it could be journaling, it could be just take, a, you know, a drive or a walk in silence. It could be therapy. It could be talking to a friend, um, anything where we are able to be introspective and, uh, really get a good look at our habits, um, will ultimately then indirectly foster the change that we're seeking. It sounds like true movement evolves from stillness in a way, yes. the awareness yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. that's a very poetic way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that for the last five <laughs> seconds, but yeah. Anyway. Um, so Diane, we do ask people about this uh, closing question we have now, you mentioned before about, you know, some people have, don't have the time or the money for, for different things, yeah. but what is one thing under $20 uh, that has changed your health? personally for the better? Yeah. So my original answer was going to be my morning and evening routines, which are so sacred and they help set the tones of my day, help me unwind. But I talked about them in the last podcast. Yes, so yes. go listen there. And go listen um, to that episode 17. Yes. <laughs> so um, my new answer is actually ceremonial cacao. Um, I found, uh, that, uh, using ceremonial cacao in cacao ceremonies or in meditation actually enhances the quality of my meditation. Um, and it's filled with all of these good little neurochemicals like theobromide, which are, um, and anandamide, which are like joy and bliss, um, you know, neurochemicals. And, uh, it really opens up the heart space and it helps you to get to know yourself better. And, um, for me, it makes my meditations much more vivid. Uh, so I've been able to really get a lot of insight and answers. I started about a year ago and, um, it's been a really beautiful practice. So you can order it online. Um, and it's much less than $20 a serving. Good. I'll have to check that out. That's really mm -hmm. great. Um, I like chocolate, so definitely ceremonial, ceremonial cacao. It sounds really delicious. I thought you were going to say chicken parmesan, but I think that's another, another thing. <laughs> also chicken parmesan. <laughs> also chicken parmesan, yes. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for coming on again today for round two. Love to have you back for, we'll talk about some other fun topics, of course, as this podcast keeps on moving along the uh, Oregon Trail here, the sure. wagon. Um, <laughs> how can listeners learn more about you and work with you? Ooh. Um, yes. Yeah, so they can go on my website, which is centerformindandbodyhealth.com, or there's a link to it on the Capital Integrative website. Um, my profile is also on Psychology Today, which is a database um, up there. Um, I currently am at the end. I'm very excited of a very long wait list. Um, I've never had one before, but I had one during COVID because specializing in Chronic pain and chronic illness definitely leads to a lot more clients during COVID. Um, so I have a very short wait at this point and um, they can contact me and let me know why they'd like to be on the wait list and I'll add them and get to them as soon as possible. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sand, for coming on today. Yeah, and thank you uh, for having me. To talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.